This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Digital Nomads, a podcast about nomadism and nomadic peoples around the world and throughout history. I'm your host, Maggie, and today I'm speaking with Vicente Rodriguez Fernandez, who is a Roma human rights activist, educator, community organizer, writer, artist, and pop culture expert. Vicente has most recently worked as co-director of the Legacies of Empires program at the University of Washington and as the president of Ternipe, an international network of Roma youth. He's also been actively engaged for the past several years in a variety of initiatives aimed at improved Romani narratives and representation in mainstream media, including as the founder of Roma Pop, which is an international organization that lobbies for the narrative rights of Romani people in pop culture and comics. And so in today's episode, we're going to be discussing issues of Romani representation in mainstream media and pop culture, and how media like comic books can serve as a tool of empowerment for Romani youth. So thank you so much, Vicente, for joining me. Thank you for the invitation, Maria. It's a pleasure. So to start with maybe a very basic question, but one that I think is necessary to provide some context for listeners and for myself, could you describe how Romani characters are portrayed in comics? Like, are there notable examples that you could maybe mention for listeners? Okay, uh, but I would start by saying that, for example, if you go into American comics, which is just one part of mainstream comics, in the two biggest editorials that traditionally publish superhero comics, DC comics and Marvel comics, you have plenty of, of characters that have been de- depicted as uh, Romani, uh, such characters as uh, Doctor Doom in Marvel comics, or Scarlet Witch, or Quicksilver, or during some time Magneto, or in DC comics, characters as Gypsy, uh, funny enough, which is the name of one character, which is also the racist stuff for Romani people, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, there was a character called Gypsy who is supposed to be Romani. Also, Robin from Batman and Robin, the Batman sidekick, have been Romani from the early 2000s. But the list is bigger. There is other characters uh, that have been adopted by Romani people mm-hmm. or, sad, or discovered a Romani grandpa. Uh, basically, every time an author had a character that had no origin and they needed to create something spectacular for the origin. The surprise origin was like, oh, he was Romani. The same way that they decide some character is Romani, suddenly because it's interesting or it's surprising, they also decide, depending on the situation, okay, now he's not Romani anymore because this don't mm-hmm. fit our narrative. They're represented with a lot of stereotypes, a lot of the typical traditional prejudice images, like people living in 19th century caravans. Like, for example, a recent comic about the origin of Doctor Doom, a fantastic comic otherwise, very well written, shows the childhood of Doctor Doom in caravans that are in uh, Eastern Europe and are looking like 17th century, 18th century caravans. 
they're writing about modern characters in the modern world, but they're using the imagery of Esmeralda and Victor Hugo and all this kind of stuff. It's not always like this, but this happens a lot. And recently, there has been some attempts to portray Romani people in a more uh, favorable light or in a more humane way. Like, for example, in the last Quicksilver miniseries, I think that was like three, four years ago, something like this, the Romani people were portrayed a bit more positively. So you brought up the negative stereotypes with which some of these Romani characters are depicted and the cultural prejudices that inflect their characterization and how they're portrayed by non-Romani writers and artists. But in your advocacy and activism work, you also focus a lot on how much these characters and the existence of Romani superheroes meant to you growing up as a kid. So how do you kind of reconcile that? How do you find empowerment or inspiration in these often very stereotypical depictions? And how do you convince others to do the same? As First of all, as a child, you're not aware of the stereotypes Romani people have, especially when you're reading a comic and you see all these Romani people making magic and living in caravans. You don't think twice about or oh, this is a stereotype. You read this as a story, you, you don't connect this with, with your life, with your history, especially being a Romani person from Spain, and most of the Roma depicted in Marvel comics are Romani people from Eastern Europe or United States, which is a different reality. So there is a space there where you say, well, you know, there could be some Romani people who does magic somewhere and live in a caravan, but you don't even think this is okay. They're generalized. This is the portrayal of Romani people. You know, I w- remember I was like six or seven years old, mm-hmm. so I didn't talk a lot about this. So the component that actually affected me the most was the most empowering uh, component because I was thinking, okay, so Dr. Doom is a Romani person living in a caravan, but a, he suffered uh, discrimination, he's persecuted, and he's a super badass, evil guy who wants to conquer the world, and he's one of the smartest guys in the whole world. And, and so many times he has saved the good guys. He saved the world so many times. It is true, he tried to take it over many times, but on the other side, it's such an interesting character because he tried to conquer the world, and he's a dictator, but he does this because he truly believes that is the only person qualified to bring peace to the world. I think the coolness of the character is bigger than the evilness and the stereotypes and the problems. And I think it's an incredibly popular character. If you analyze this Dr. Doom, one Romani character, in contrast with the wrong Romani characters around, like Red Richards. Nobody wants to be Red Richards. Nobody wants to be Mr. Fantastic. Nobody wants to be somebody who is married to a supermodel, having a wonderful uh, family, living in a giant building apartment in New York City, Manhattan. This is too good to be true. And it's not just too good to be true. Nobody can connect with this. Mm -hmm. I I don't know nobody who tell me, oh, I'm the biggest fan in the world of Mr. Fantastic. But I know so many people that is fascinated by the by the tragedy and the poor trial and the mindset of characters as Doctor Doom. And I think the, the Roma origin play into this. I think it's very interesting because even today, when somebody famous or somebody who's starting in anything want to change a bit how people relate to them, they just pull out a Roma grandpa. This happened all the time, you know. Like there was now, there was an exhibition in Barcelona about a painter, a non-Romani painter, came from a very well-off, very rich family in the 70s and the 80s, and he decided he was Romani. He started to uh, make like chicken fights, like some Romani people did at the time. He dressed like Romani people. He tried to oh, learn wow. Hello, which is the language of Spanish Romani. He put uh, olive oil in the air, which some old Romani people would do, like they will brush the air with olive oil. And he will change the name. He will go anywhere, wherever. And he will keep painting and he will have this Bohemian life. Now, even the word Bohemian comes from Romani. Roma influence on mainstream culture. Mm-hmm. And in the dreams and aspirations of everybody who is young and and think of himself as a free thinker mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. Even the even the words that non-Romani people use to describe freedom 
are words that were originally describing Romani people. Bohemians were Romani people defining what was Bohemia in Czech Republic, and that's why I always such a Bohemian. And you see this also in the comics. So when you, you have a character and you want to twist a bit the origin and making it interesting or whatever, you have the, the Roman card. You can take this as good, or you can take this as bad. And of course, there is terrible stereotypes, but I think something... As a child, I didn't feel as much the stereotype part. Maybe in some comic, there were also Roma secondary characters that were these very ridiculous, uh, pathetic characters, uh, violent. This was uncomfortable to read definitely. But you still had Doctor Doom, and you had Magneto for some time, and you have Robin for some time in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So overall, my childhood experience with comics was positive. And all these narratives, all this history, in part, made me the person I am. And this was a secret world. Nobody knew about it in the 90s. There was no Marvel movies. There was no Marvel Cinematographic Universe. The two only movies that succeeded in the world of superheroes were Batman and Superman, one from from the end of the 70s, the other from the end of the 80s. So you were really a geek and a nerd if you read comics in the 90s as a child, but it gave me a bit of a personal window to a different world. Like and later on in my life, when I talk about comics and Romani people in comics, I screened this, uh, some of the Marvel movies like 200 times for different audiences, talk with Romani young people, organize this first uh, Romani youth exchange on uh, science fiction and pop culture in 2014. I have done a lot of this and I have found out that these stories, especially to poor people, to grassroots people, they can be such a powerful thing because mm-hmm. they, they have never seen them in this light. They say that in the United States they invented superheroes because they didn't have their own mythology. There's a lot of uh, thesis about this. You know, they didn't have their own mythology because they're very young country, so they invented superheroes and they invented their own Zeus and Apollo and Prometheus. And you have all this stuff there, all this mythology that they have, American mythology. And in the sense, it's similar with Romani people because we didn't have for the most of our history a Britain history that we were owners of. And we didn't have our own mythology that was internationally known. Every family have their stories. Every region has their stories. Some countries have stories, but you don't have this international Roman mythology. So when you organize a congress or a seminar and you take all these Roman young people and then you tell them about Dr. Doom, you are creating for them, for the first time maybe, a Roman mythology. And I think similar things happen with, with other communities, like what happens in the United States with the Black Panther movie that was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, Black Panther was invented by white people. And other characters that were all invented during black exploitation. So all these were things that are stereotypical and insulting to a degree. But then it's also up to us to be able to take over and to get inspired by these things. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to make a decision there, which is, do you take over the narratives? Can you also be Apollo, Zeus, Prometheus? Can you take the, the mythology, the history, not just Marvel comics, but can you, can you take over mainstream culture as something that you want to celebrate and exercise power on, control these narratives? Or do you just feel offended by it? And it's fine, and you 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 have the whole right to be offended. I'm very offended by a lot of the things that they write in comics about Romani people, and I try to change it. But at the same time, if I would make a talk to Romani young people, I would not make a talk saying how horrible is the depiction of Romani people in comics, but hey, look how powerful we are in comics. It, it is true that from a purely academic position, you can say that a lot of these depictions are terrible, but from an activist mindset, you got to take whatever you got and you got to try to build something on. You touched on this a little bit already, but is there kind of a historical reason that you can identify as to why Romani characters specifically have been used as, like you were saying, this kind of, you know, when a character needs an interesting backstory, they give them a Roma 
background or something like that. that I was just surprised to learn about how relatively common it is to find Romany characters in comic books. I read that there are at least what 20 main characters mm-hmm. across like DC and Marvel comics who are of Romany origin. Why do you think that that is? I think there is different factors. I'd say that it's not just in comic books, but it's actually in all the media. It happens mm. in movies, it happens in books from the late Middle Ages, you know, anybody needs to have something interesting. It's secretly Romany. It, it happens all over. And I think the reason it happens all over, but now we'll go more into the context of the US and the superhero comics, is like if you look at Europe for hundreds of years, the main two minorities there that were visible were Jewish people and Romani people. They were, they were very visible. But when people wanted to mentally escape, they fantasized with being Romani. They didn't fantasize with being Jewish, I would say. I mean, I may be wrong. Some people may fantasize with being Jewish, but uh, but in the case of Romani people, the image of Romani people to have these people that is so free, spirited, you know, all these words I hate, but, you know, this image living in a caravan and whatever. To imagine that you are Roma is the way to escape, you know, because Roma didn't need to uh, be a slave to the, to the owner of the land. In their mind, of course, they were. Roma didn't need to subjugate to all these uh, hierarchies of powers and whatever and, and demands and injustices that all these people suffer. And I think actually that this play into, into ways, you know, because on the one side, uh, people wanted to be Ro- Romani or they wanted to be in the stereotype of Gypsy or whatever, still today. And on the other side, they also hate Romani people because of this. You know, like when Romani people arrived to Europe, that really could have fit. Uh, you could see a story from the point of view of Romani people arrive and they were never accepted. And this is true. But you can also could see a story from the point of view Romani people arrive and they never wanted to be part of such a horrible society. Talking with my grandparents and with my father and with, the, and with my mother and with people in my family, the narrative was, yes, they hate us, but we don't want to be part of their world at all. And there were very specific arguments for that. Like my, my grandpa would say, the problem if you marry an old woman, a woman is uh, that your children, when there is a war, are going to war. You would have no power whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And the problem if you live in a house and you settle is that wherever it happens, you are tied to the destiny of the land. Wherever the ruler decides, you are tied to this and you are absolutely dogs, you lose your freedom. This freedom that Romani people talk historically or is part of the culture and then is portrayed as a stereotype in many media. For Romani people, this was not such a romantic freedom of dancing or whatever. It was just the, the freedom of their basic human rights. So I think this play a lot into the why in comics and pop culture and global media, it's so much interesting to make a character Romani. The word Romani or the word gypsy is like a box where people can put everything they want, all their fantasies, all their dreams, unfortunately, all their hate too, but also all their aspirations and all their dreams. Talking about specifically American comics, I think there may have been something to do with the fact that most of the people who created these characters were Jewish creators and authors. And, And we need to remember that and Jewish people was persecuted quite strongly, especially cultural persecution in the United States. You know, everybody talks about Stanley, but Stanley's real name was Stanley Lieber. And Jack Kirby, the creator of a lot of these characters with Stanley, he was uh, Jacob Kutzberg. And this was an American society where Jewish people needed to mutilate their surname to be able to fit better. Not that they were ashamed of being Jewish because they were openly Jewish, they were proud to be Jewish, and that's not the point. But the point is that I think there was society pressure to keep uh, this Jewish dimension of their identity down. The question for me would not be why there are so many Romani characters in Marvel or DC, but my question would be why there were no Jewish characters. This is for me a, a bigger question. 
And I think these two questions are connected. I think if a Jewish writer wanted to depict persecution, discrimination, or any of these topics, he didn't have any option but to write about Romani people because Romani people were not a real thing in the United States. They were not visible, they were not polemic, they were not political. He could not write about Jewish persecution. He could not write about black people persecution in the United States. He, but he could write about Romani persecution because it's something that being real and being uh, rooted in history in Europe, uh, it's re uh, reflecting different realities of human oppression in history and also in the United States and also about their own story. One of the few superheroes, Superman, there is a lot of things written about him being a metaphor of the Jewish people. The idea that his world, Krypton, is like Europe and was destroyed. And the idea now when he arrived to this new planet that he needs to be the perfect citizen, he doesn't need to become a moral example for everybody. To a degree, Superman's story is the story of American Jewish people. Okay, but what is Superman at the end in the comic narrative? He's an alien. Well, what amount of identities you have that can show this alien dimension, this, this not belonging, this being persecuted, this being misunderstood? And I think that being Roman is definitely one of these more powerful alien identities that we very often evocate as writers or creators to talk about this reality. So how has the characterization and depiction of these Romani characters changed over time, especially as the comic book industry has also changed? You know, you're talking about when you were growing up in the 90s, this sort of media wasn't as popular reading comic books was something only like the really nerdy kids did. But in the 21st century with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the X-Men movies and the Batman movies and superhero TV shows, you know, these are some of the most lucrative franchises in the world and their contemporary cultural impact is massive. Millions of people who have maybe never picked up a Batman comic book will go see a Batman movie, for example. So the way that comic book characters and narratives are consumed and the extent to which they penetrate our culture has really changed. So how how has the depiction of Romani characters changed in light of all this? I, I would say that uh, contrary to, to what would be logic to imagine, the depiction of Romani characters in the 60s and 70s is better than later on. Because you would imagine people have more prejudices or, or more wrong ideas about Romani people in the 60s or 70s than in the 90s or the early 2000s or today's world. But it's actually the opposite, at least in, in the world of pop culture. Like if you go to the uh, Fantastic Four Annual 2, the origin story of Dr. Doom, it's this tragedy of this uh, Romani family persecuted and, and uh, the Romani child, there is a small part of the comic where he talks with Christoph, which is like later on his servant, but it's like a family member, the confusing comic stuff. He asks him, why they do this? And he says, you know, we are Romani, we're, he's used gypsy, we're gypsy, this is the price we gotta pay. This is our life, this is the price we gotta pay. This is a very empowering mm -hmm. representation to a degree of Romani people in comic books, like Stanley and Jacqueline did better than the people that came after them. In the 70s, you start to see more stereotypes, more wild stereotypes. When this story, with the same story of the origin of Dr. Goodness retold, more stereotypes are included. In the 80s, more. In the 90s, even more. And then in the early 2000s, there is not a Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they start to make Marvel movies. And in the year 2000, they do the first uh, X-Men movie by Brian Singer. It's a fantastic movie. And the character of Magneto is played by Ian McKellen. In, in the first scene, you see a concentration camp. And then you see Magneto with a Jewish star. And I was really like, oh, okay. But hmm, hmm. And even, even as an 11 years old, I could understand he's not Roma any longer. And this was this is very confusing because Marido was one of my favorite characters. And one of the first comics I ever read was X-Men Unlimited, I think number two. And, and this comic uh, basically they say uh, Magneto is a synth survivor of the Holocaust, 
born in Danzig in 1927. And he was talked about and written about and his relation with his children was always about Romani identity. But then what happens is the movie arrives, Brian Singer arrives, and I think at one moment they say, no, let's try to use this narrative, which is also something people know. People know the Holocaust of Jewish people, but they don't know the Roma genocide of World War II. I don't know what was the mental process of it. It's a very strange episode because Magneto first was just a white guy in a helmet. At some moment, he gets a Roman wife, and then later on, he's openly Roman. And then suddenly, 10 years after, there is a comic where he says, you know what, I just pretended to be Romani to marry my Roma wife. But I was not Romani, I was Jewish, and this is my Jewish name, and this my Roma name was fake. This jumping of identities, personally, I think that it's probably just politics, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a matter of politics. So what happens in the 90s when I read comics is that they wanted to do Magneto a really big bad guy. They wanted to him to make a genocide. And then somebody must have said, you cannot have a Jewish survivor of the Holocaust do a genocide because people is going to establish a connection with uh, Palestine and whatever and mm-hmm. of Middle East, whatever. We need to de-Jewishize Magneto. And then somebody says, okay, well, his wife is Romani. Maybe we can just do him Romani. It makes sense because his children are Romani too. And his diary is already called the Scarlet Witch. And you know, Romani people, witch, whatever. Maybe it makes sense. So they did this. And then I guess at some moment they say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's okay to have a Jewish dictator. Maybe it's okay. Now we're going to do him good again. So, so you would say that when the character was good or less genocidal, they make him Jewish. When the character was really evil, they make him Roma. And the same with Dr. Doom. He was originally Roma by father and mother. Then I think at some moment in his life, just his mother was Roma in the 80s. And then again, his father and his mother were Roma. So again, depending. Then Nightcrawler was German. Then he was adopted by Roma. Then he was Roma himself. You have all these jumpings of, uh, I think one of the most consistent is Dr. Doom, who at least always have been a bit Roma from the origin. And the others' identity have uh, jumped a lot, I think, according to probably a narrative and political decisions of the editorial. But nothing changed as much as when the Marvel movies appeared, because when the Marvel movies appeared, I don't want to say nothing bad about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love the movies and I love what they do. But I may be a bit more political. And I think, for example, when they did the Captain America movie, I was very disappointed that they decide not to show spasticas at any moment, not to show Nazis. And this is not how we play in the comics. In the comics, Captain America is an enemy of Nazis. And this is a real thing. It's a real thing that happens. And it's an horrible thing. And we fight against it. And it was written by Jewish people to have a stand against what was happening to Jewish people in Europe and to tyranny in Europe. Well, flash forward, why they would decide we don't want to mention nothing Nazi-related? This is very scary because mm-hmm. it's, it seems to me that they don't want to mention Nazis to no offend nobody who is in the far right. Why would you not talk about and actually give a history lesson to children? Why would you not this? Why would you omit all these references to World War II, references to Hitler, references to the Nazis? And I think that the core idea is to not create polemic. Then they take sometimes very stupid decisions. For example, in the Doctor Strange movie, there is a character called the Ancient One. The Ancient One, I think, was an elder from Tibet. And they decide that this could be offensive, so they make him a white woman. And this mm-hmm. was a much worse decision mm-hmm. because then all Asian people was protesting about it. And in the case of Roman people, since they have not made efforts to contact Roman creators or to probably research on the topic, I'm afraid that uh, they just decide that all Romani people is not Romani and there is no Romanist in Marvel at all. So they have all been stripped down from the Roman identity. So Scarlet Witch, no mention to Romani, she's a citizen of Sokovia. Mm-hmm. She's a Sokovian white woman. 
And like this with all the characters who used to be Romani, they, they Romanized them. And I'm curious what they do with Doctor Doom in 2023. There is a Fantastic Four movie coming, and I'm looking forward, and I'm sure it's going to be a great movie. I'm just afraid maybe they also de-Romanize Doctor Doom. If you think about diversity, but this is a totally different topic. Like diversity in the United States, it is a huge business. Like 10 years ago, I thought diversity was such a great thing. But today, when I heard diversity, I don't know, I see a bit of these very creepy market companies preying of my own minorities and in the, in the demographical changes. And I'm not sure. It is a pity because I really think that you can still keep your profits by making histories that not just are diverse, but that are powerful and are grounded. And you just need to do your research. And in the case of Romani people, I think that Dr. Doom, without the Romani component, you are killing the character. It's not more respectful for diversity if you make just everybody who you don't understand white. And this is the state of the thing. So I think in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, at least in this generation, I'm not sure we're going to see open Romani representation. What about, you know, Romani writers or artists creating their own comic? We've talked a bit already, like there's been some efforts made recently on the part of comic book publishing companies to have characters that represent minority audiences be written by authors from the same background with like Ta-Nehisi Coates um, writing new volumes in the Black Panther series, or is there's the new-ish Marvel superhero Kamala Khan, who's Muslim mm-hmm. and is written by a Muslim woman. Are you aware of similar efforts being made for sort of increased Romani involvement in the writing and creation process of comic books? Or like, are there Romani writers or artists who are creating their own independent comic books? I'll start with the last question. So there are Romani authors, writers, and artists, and I know a lot of them. Now, they don't produce comics in the sense of a 24-page American issue in the format, mm-hmm. but they do, do they do graphic art and comics and I just know like that's the first one that comes to my head in Berlin where I where I used to live I live now between Spain and Berlin there is Emmanuel Barita which is check it out he's such a great graphic artist he does comics but he does a million stuff and it's fantastic and he painted the streets you, yes you have a lot of people I could tell you like maybe 15 20 people who are competent writers competent artists great people now they do everything in independent publications or working for Roma NGOs or for very small projects or for free as volunteers. There is not a market for Romani comics made by Romani people because uh, the main market is non-Romani people because they have the money so they can consume because we live in a capitalist society and Romani people don't have the money so they cannot buy so they cannot support because we are a very poor people, very dispersed, who don't even sell a language across the world, you know, like like less than 20% of Romani people speak Romani. So if you would be a Spanish Romani, how do you speak with some Romani people from Hungary, let's say? Still, there is ways of communication and I have done that and we do this, but... In this context and in this situation, it's extraordinarily difficult for Roma creators to create products for a Romani audience. This is very difficult. You have Romani authors writing for non-Romani audiences, which I found very sad that this happens. And then uh, you have a lot of non-Romani authors writing Romani stories for non-Romani audience. And there is a huge huge industry. There is Japanese mangas about Romani people, European comics about Romani people, hundreds, hundreds of comics, hundreds of cultural products of dealing with the topic made by non-Romani people for non-Romani people. There is a small amount of Romani artists who definitely there would be there would be the opportunity they're ready to to create. But you know, think in Europe in a map for a second, okay, think about the readers. In the United States, nobody knows what is Romani. So why they would like to have a real Romani story? Boring. In Europe, okay, well, forget Eastern Europe, where they ban the places where Romani people live, kill them, they don't access school. I mean, the life there is, is hell. It's horrible. I mean, 
So forget it, because nobody's going to buy a comic that says, oh, look, these Romani characters, and people feel insulted by the pictures of Romani people that depict them as human beings. They feel insulted by this. Then if you think in Western Europe, uh, I don't know. I mean, recently there was a documentary in the UK that was two parts about uh, Roman Egyptians and travelers. And again, if you just read the comments, you have like 20,000 comments of kill them was right, let's kill them all. I don't know if there is a market there when people really, really dislike you. And recently I read, by total surprise, a Captain America comic. Uh, Captain America was in World War II and he was freeing some people who were suffering experiments and there was a Roman woman. And I was like, oh, okay. And then at the end of the comic, I read that the writer of the comic uh, was a woman that had a Romani ancestry in Auschwitz, I think. And, and she defined herself, I think, as Romani, but I'm not sure. But I said, well, okay, it is interesting that they write a story where there is a Romani character, there is an author with Romani ancestry, and they deal with this topic in a more or less respectful way. And there is even a note in the comic where she talks about Romani in World War II in a very educative way. So it's not what we need or what we want, but I don't know if to say it's progress, because I don't know if it's going to come another horrible comic. But okay, that was nice. And a few years ago, when they changed Magneto from being Jewish, not from being Roman, to being Jewish, and there was this fantastic comic in 2011 called Magneto Testament, which is now the official origin of Magneto. And you can see he's Jewish, but you can see his wife is Roma. And then you really can see that the writer, Greg Pak, make a, a good research about the condition of Romani people in Auschwitz and the reality of Romani people in Germany and the deportations. And then there is an educative guide. So it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet in the sense that, okay, yeah, well, it's not what I want, but at least they talk with about the Holocaust with some respect. At least they do the research. If I could give a recommendation to people in Marvel Comics, I would just tell them that for sure they have guidelines how to write about other minorities. They should just have a two-page guidelines of how to write to Romani people, what is offensive, what is not, what is factual, what is not. And it will be as simple as that. And of course, if you will involve Romani authors, Romani, Romani artists, that would be great. As we're wrapping up, I wanted to make sure to give you some time to talk about your activism work in this realm, which you've touched on a little bit already. But I guess, what does your activism work look like now in this kind of mid-COVID world and in the near future? Are there projects that you're working on or would like to work on? You know, when you talk about making progress or making improvements in terms of how Romani people and history are depicted in pop culture, what does that look like to you? What are you working towards? I think... In the next years, I will keep doing my job as an educator. I keep doing seminars and workshops and this kind of stuff. Of course, now with COVID, it has been very slow for the last two years, and COVID has beat Romani people in a way that people cannot imagine. Proportionally, the number of Romani people that has died of COVID, like 20 times more than the societies where they live in. A lot of people died and it destroyed civil society. It's a disaster. COVID has been a disaster for Romani people. So I think how to retake my world, my work in the, in the post-COVID world, it is a challenge. But I think the idea I have in mind now is that maybe we need to be more confrontational. Like dialogue, educational tools, educational methods, because Romani people is very open to this and I do this. But if the question is about how do I see my activism in the future regarding how to improve Romani narratives, you need to go to a confrontation. We are in the point of our history when we need to create disruption and tension. It's not that we want anybody to have a bad time and we wouldn't want to destroy the superheroes of nobody, nothing like this, but we really need to create tension to be able to have tools of negotiation. Because without tension, we don't have tools of negotiation. People don't simply stop to have stereotypes about you or bright them because you tell them this is wrong. It's not enough that you tell them this is wrong. 
So I was thinking, for example, you know, events like the Comic Con, which they talk about diversity, have the panels are about Asian representation, Native American representation, African American representation. And in this incredibly diverse world where people talk about representation, still there are not just Romani people, but several communities that are totally ignored and insulted constantly. But you know, I was thinking, you know, to organize something like sit in there, that could be okay. Okay, we pay all the tickets, we bring 30 or 40 people, and in the middle of one of the panels, we just don't make questions, we sit in and we wait for security to bring us out. Something that called the attention and, and really disrupt the reality, we need to make a mess. Because otherwise, if you don't make a mess, you don't get nothing. For most of my life in activism, I have talked about, about the revolution and rising up and all this stuff, but I just have talked about it. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a very pacific person. I hate confrontation. I'm the kind of person who is afraid to pick up the phone. So imagine then to go to a 250,000-person event and to confront in front of all these people one of your favorite writers to tell him, you know, maybe you need to write better Romani character. You don't want to do that. It's not comfortable at all. But if we need to do this to have some kind of voice, then we will do it. Something I know that gives me hope, which is that there are always going to be Romani people and there are always going to be Marvel comics. Sooner or later, we're going to need to understand each other. Even if I don't manage to make a breakthrough in how many people are represented in, in globalized pop culture, somebody will come and will do it. Mm. Maybe my child, maybe somebody earlier. I think this for me is inspiring to know that it's a matter of insisting, it's a matter of repeating, and at the end, we'll get the same standard treatment other minorities get when their stories are told which is everything we ask for, just that we have a, li- a little respect, a little guidance. If you have all these Roman characters, how are you going to write them? It's not mm-hmm. censorship. It's not telling them what they can write or not. It's just some of the things are really insulting. Some, some things are, are stereotypes and some things are stupid and some things are, okay, harmless. But some of the things that have been written about Romani people and some of these comics are truly, truly insulting. Yeah, in the sense of how to advocate for for a change in in mass media and globalized culture, I think there is no other option but boycott and disruption and tension. And in the sense of what to do for uh, Romani young people who want to be able to to create their own media and to to be able to create their own stories, this is a job of uh, self-education, self-organization, mobilization and yeah, I think now is a time for us to organize whenever it is possible yeah, to have some confrontational uh, meetings to keep knocking doors. You know, I have a lot of hope because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, is such a success. I think we're going to have Marvel movies for 100 years. And given the fact that it's just a matter of trying and knocking doors and knocking doors and knocking doors and knocking doors. And knocking doors. It is a fact that Romani people is the youngest people in Europe. The, the media by age is younger than 25. This is the people that is consuming pop culture. Is the people who is consuming media. When I started to be a, an activist educator and whatever you want to call me, and there were maybe 20, 30, 40 Romani people like me in Europe who were able to travel, to talk, to give presentations, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And now there is hundreds and there is so many people, I don't know them. What was something very small now is huge. Like all the time, Romani people is doing things with pop culture, I am not aware of. And I both feel insulted and uh, rewarded. Mm-hmm. I always feel like, they didn't, they didn't even write me. They are just quoting me without writing my name there. They do this all the time. So I think eventually young people, they're swimming in Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. And not just this. Think about it. This is people, a lot of times, with no access to the labor market and no access to education. You know what this means? A lot of free time. And a lot of free time and having your phone, you're going to uh, binge watch 
all the Disney Plus shows, this generation of young Romani people is consuming such an amount of pop culture. Ten years ago, no Roma in Europe knew who the Avengers were. Today, half Roma in Europe can tell you the name of all the Avengers and, and baptize their children as Tony and Steve. It is a huge thing what is happening with pop culture. So I have the hope that in the future, autos are going to come, artists are going to come, and somebody else going to reach out and say, you know what, it's time just to make this wrong mm-hmm. right. But yes, we need to be confrontational and we need to, we need to stand in our ground and keep trying. So maybe just a final question and also to end on an active note for listeners, which I believe the majority of listeners to this podcast are non-Romani. So to give listeners something that they can take away from this episode and into their daily lives, how can non-Romani people contribute to the activism projects that you've just described? So for people listening who might be thinking, how can I help with this? Or can I be an ally in this movement? What are ways in which non-Romani people can show support or help work towards better representation or help combat stereotypes of Romani people? You know, I think one of the best ways you can be an ally is actually preaching about it everywhere. You know, you have a coffee with a friend. Did you hear about this about Roma representation? How unfair, how terrible, how insane. You don't need to write a letter to, to Marvel or to write a mail or whatever or to protest. You can if you want. But just starting the bus out there, you know, Romani people is a real people and Romani characters are, are white was. And this is really not okay, whatever. If a lot of people will do this and a lot of people will write about it, this would definitely help us a lot in the exercise of lobby. And then, of course, if people want to do more, People can participate in a lot of the initiatives that me and other people do. They just need to send a mail or contact or whatever. Then we need so, so much help. And yes, I'm 100% open for uh, no Romani people to help. And it's the way forward. Yeah, I believe that it's important that everybody is able to uh, collaborate. I mean, a lot of people is critical of uh, having this kind of mixed working groups or whatever. But we just tested for the last 500 years what is to be on our own without non-Romani help. So I'm fine by testing for a few years in this issue what is to get uh, non-Romani help, especially if it's not a matter of uh, hierarchy or power or whatever. We're, not dis- we're discussing here about comic book characters and narrative rights. But the impact of it, it's huge. You really got to see the eyes of a Roma young person or a child when you give them a comic and in the comic there is a bit of Romani language. Or if you give a child a, a comic and they can see Magneto is Sinti and he's an Holocaust survivor. There was a world like my grandpa. You really need to see the shine in the eyes. I mean, this thing with the with the pop culture and the comic books, not just children, even adults. I have given talks to people who is on their 50s or their 60s. The same people who would say, we don't have water, we don't have light. Who care about Magneto? Who care about Dr. Doom? But after listening to me talking for 10 minutes, they are like, Oh, this is incredible. This is amazing. This is great. For some reason, I cannot understand this thing with comics and pop culture and superheroes that seems so stupid from some point of view and so detached from Roman reality in the, in the margins of Europe. It is so powerful for the people. How, well, the question was how non Romani people can help? Write letters to the publishers talk about it, uh, do podcasts, criticize the stuff. You can start by just being very active in your own life, talking about it. And I think one of the first steps you should do if you want to help Romani people is also learn about Romani people. Read Romani writers, talk to Romani people in a not creepy way, like be critic. A very important thing is don't believe everything anybody tells you about Romani people. I think one of the most difficult things for non-Romani people when they deal with Romani people is to build criteria. It's very difficult. 
I know non-Romani people working 10 years in the Roma sector, and they still don't know what things are true or not, because they start with this with such a void of Roma knowledge. It happens all the time that a lot of non-Romani people who want to help, they do not have access to real information. They do not have access to real research. Uh, they do not have access to the people themselves. And then people can just come out and pull out a Roma grandpa and tell you it came from Atlantis or whatever it is they think, and it became a thing. So be very careful who you listen. Try to learn as much as you can about uh, Romani people. Try to meet Romani people and be active in uh, denouncing and talking about what's happening in Marvel Comics with the uh, whitewashing or de-Romanization of Romani characters. That is a disgrace for Roma people in general, for diversity as an idea and uh, for representation. That was fascinating. I learned a lot. I got a lot of food for thought and just more research that I want to do and more thinking and just investigation into this topic that I want to do. So thank you so much for sharing um, and also for helping listeners, I think, think about this topic in a much more nuanced way than it's often presented for sharing your own experiences and perspective. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mario. It was, was great. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening. And of course, special thanks to Vicente Rodriguez Fernandez for coming on to talk to me. I'll post some links and images and further resources related to the content of this episode on my Twitter at nomads underscore pod. So please check that out if you're interested. You can also contact me there or by email at digitalnomadspod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if there's a topic you'd like me to cover in the future. Thanks so much for listening.